That Wellbeing at Work show is brought to you by Body Boost, the well-being engagement platform that employees actually use. Find out more at bodyboost.co.uk. And ultimately, as a partnership, you know, our Speed and Lewis, you know, we had a health service 10 years before the NHS. And he was very much, you know, our partnership is an experiment. And we're always experimenting. And he always believed that our partners should have access to opportunities. Welcome to that Wellbeing at Work show. I'm Chris Taylor, your show host. We've almost reached the end of season one of the podcast. And thank you for joining me on my journey through the world of employee well-being. We've certainly kicked the tyres, looked under the bonnet and challenged some of the orthodoxy surrounding this fast growing sector. So it seems appropriate that my final interview is with an organisation who have placed the well-being and welfare of workers at its very core since 1864. The John Lewis Partnership is a uniquely employee owned business. What started as an experiment in industrial democracy has grown into one of the UK's largest retailers, spanning department stores, supermarkets and other areas such as financial services, and today employs some 80,000 people who, as partners, have a powerful voice in how the partnership is run. Sam Blevins is the organisation's clinical health and wellbeing development manager. A former A&E nurse, Sam developed a deep interest in occupational health and workplace well-being, leading to her specialist community health qualification. In her role, Sam supports some 1,500 internal well-being champions tasked with helping deliver engaging, fun and socially led initiatives that contribute to the well-being of partners. I begin by asking Sam if frontline workers such as those in retail have access to the same level of well-being as we know office-based workers often enjoy. Sam, welcome to the show. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, this is the 10th episode in the in, in the series of episodes that we've recorded about well-being in general and very much looking under the bonnet of well-being and what does well-being really mean for employees. So I'm using this as a bit of an opportunity really to sort of talk to you about some of the things that I've learned on my journey over the last uh, nine episodes. So um, if you're okay, I thought I could talk to you a little bit about, say, some of the things that I've learned. So a lot of what we hear in terms of well-being seems to be designed for what are classed as knowledge workers. So those employees, for example, who are office based. Is it fair to say that for workers who are, for example, working in retail or transport, they probably have less access to well-being initiatives because of the work they do? Is that fair? Um, it is fair to a point. However, um, for us, what we try and do is make our health and well-being offer much more holistic. So we offer apps that partners, sorry, we call our employees partners. Sure. So you will hear me referring sure. to partners. Um, we have um, apps that we make available to our partners so they can access that 24 hours a day. Um, but in a lot of areas, yes, because they're not having access to intranet. So often businesses will put all their health and well-being information on their intranet. If you're working in the retail space and you're coming in, you tend to come in, do your job, um, and then off you go with no time to look at that. Yeah. So often we just need to be a little bit more creative. And I would say agitate when we're out there talking to people about what would work for them. 
Okay. And do you think, therefore, then, if you're in, a, in, for example, in a retail environment, that that role of that branch manager or the li- or, or line management is is really important in being able to communicate in um, well-being initiatives? Yep. So for me, people managers, people that look after people, really do need to get it. They need to understand that health and well-being is not something that we just add on. We need to be living it, we need to be breathing it, and we need our our managers, our leadership teams to be on board with that. But they need support because, you know, currently, certainly in retail, you know, it's tough out there um, and we need people to help them um, to be able to do that. So we have health and wellbeing champions that are supported, developed by a team of us that help the people managers to be able to do just that. Okay. But you hail from a clinical background. You were a nurse, is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Um, And I think being a nurse gives me that little bit more sort of insight because, you know, my background's A&E. So originally, you know, it's that reactive, Mm. but always having that interest in how can we prevent things is super important. So, yeah, I really value my nurse training. Okay, because actually, we on on the show we we talked to um, um, a former orthopedic surgeon, uh, Dr. Alex Young, um, and another uh, another guest that we had that we talked to about the organisations need to really evaluate the efficacy of of let's say well being apps or things that you know organisations buy off the shelf, and they both suggested that much of what av- is available to purchase off the shelf is not really grounded in in say medical science. And I guess I was wondering whether your medical background also makes you a little bit sceptical about some of the claims made by these apps. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The last couple of years has brought health and well-being to the forefront of everybody's mind. Um, For me, it's always been um, important, but we're in a really good position because Mm -hmm. we, there's not just me within our team that's clinical. We have um, occupational health nurses and we are consulted on anything we're going to bring in external because we can't provide everything, but we will have a look at that. And the um, apps and the externals we use, we really do scrutinise them. But yeah, quite sceptical that it's something people think they can read a book, they can go on a one day course and they know everything. (laughs) Okay. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in real life. No, absolutely. And in terms of of of, of the partners that you work with, so the so the wider workforce within within John Lewis Partnership, is there much in the way of that they feed back to you about some of the the well being support that they would like that you think actually we haven't come up with that. That's a really good idea. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we're a you know a purpose business that has strong really strong values with regards to that we have a, a democracy we have partners in shops talking routinely that escalates right up to our council everything we do in the business is partner-led so if a partner comes up with a brilliant idea we will look into that um, and that is a huge part of my role actually because they will be contacted from different sources and I will look at that and if I'm honest, going back to my, my sceptical, the majority I do push back on, but we do get the occasional nugget that we would use. But yeah, yeah it's very much partner-led. 
Okay. And many organisations today are sort of keen to promote the the concept of psychological safety. So therefore, it's okay to be yourself at work. You don't have to have a a work persona and and a home life persona. You can be your whole self. Is that something that that John Lewis Partnership is also keen to instill amongst the partners? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is our partner values. We want partners to bring their whole self to work. We talk a lot about psychological safety and just being um, somebody that can be open. And, you know, our whole purpose is around, you know, happier people, happier business, happier world. We want people to be themselves at, at work. Bring in, bring on is something we talk about quite a lot. Okay. Tell me about some of the wellbeing initiatives then that you've actually introduced, let's say, in the last, I don't know, 12 months or so. Yeah, so, so a lot of it we try and do um, with our health and wellbeing champions. So we've got almost 1,500 across every area of our business. Have you? Um, yeah, so we are a big business. We employ nearly 80,000 partners. One of the challenges we have Um, We have shops, we have drivers, we have office workers, we have warehouse workers. So some of the bigger initiatives um, we do is we will put things out there that we know everybody can get involved in. So, for example, at the moment, we're running the Buddy Boost Challenge. That's something that wherever you work, whatever you do, our partners can engage with that. And we've got almost nine, I think we've got about 930 partners signed up and taking part in that. So that creates a real sense of community. Um, And we also get partners to do more local. So we've seen a lot of um, wellbeing rooms being um, created. We've had Couch to 5Ks going on across the partnership. We've had training through our app that we use for our mental health partners doing that. And pushing out really good, um, you know, evidence-based information, but also trying to make it social. I think we're quite unique. So within our health and wellbeing offer, you know, we have our partnership clubs. So we encourage partners to join those and take part in those activities. So, yeah, we, we're always doing something um, to try and engage our, our partners to just feel happier and healthier, really. Okay. And the 1,500 wellbeing champions that you referenced earlier, are they their, their partners within the business that have been nominated? Or, or how did you choose that cohort of, of, of individuals? Yeah, so when we launched them back in 2018, I spoke to each and every one um, and wanted to understand that being a health and wellbeing champion isn't about being somebody who's you know, going to run every single day and just live on lettuce. You you know, that's not what we wanted. So it was very much around, we want people that really care about other people and have got interests. So as it grew, you can imagine, I couldn't speak to every single one. So we have a role profile that is out there for partners to review, speak to their people manager And what we also do, we have an internal um, currents community. So a bit like a Yammer or a Facebook for business. I'm not really sure if anybody else uses currents. So partners are on there. Um, And what we also do to sort of check in with them regularly is we run a live monthly webinar. Um, We encourage partners, um, our health and wellbeing champions to come along to that. Um, And we know where they are in the business because they add 
there and it's a voluntary role so these are people that are passionate about health and well-being yeah you know they don't get any extra pay for that um time is of course given by discretion but it's very much they can contact us all the time we're here to support them and give them little bits of training i've done training on sleep with them behavioral change or all the different things to get them to understand their role if you're frustrated that not enough of your people take advantage of the well-being resources you've put in place for them, then look no further than Body Boost. Our unique body system and community features are the magic ingredients which get people to team up and form healthy habits together. And they have a lot of fun along the way too. Download case studies from our website or email us on info at bodyboost.co.uk and in terms of i mean i talked to to i said another a guest on the show that he said that that often companies measure the wrong impact of well-being initiatives for example they measure how much fruit is eaten versus in the canteen versus how many chocolate biscuits what they don't measure is the impact that eating fruit instead of the chocolate biscuits is is that something that you've witnessed and is that something that you're mindful about is actually looking at the real impact of the work that you and your your partners do yeah so sorry that just took me back to the old free fruit fridays that people think if you do that then you've ticked the box of well-being (laughs) which obviously is quite frustrating (laughs) but having said that we do provide free hot drinks and free fruit to all our partners um so it is yes it's very much so we work together and, and we do a lot of surveys, but but we're fully aware that we don't want to give people survey fatigue. So we will do an intervention. So a huge example is our work in the menopause space that I've been heavily involved in. Okay. And we developed um, guidance and lots and lots of information for our partners internally. We're super lucky. We've got our own nutrition team. We've got our medical doctor, our nurses. Um, lots of different people that can do this internally so for something like that we did a survey um, about 18 months prior launched the um, guidance and the campaign and and did another one and we saw a huge improvement of that and people feeling better because they're now getting the correct support and I suppose treatment we also use the unmind app that we encourage partners to track their mood and how they're feeling Um, and every month we sort of look at that and report on that and then we will base um, a lot of what we do on what data we've got. The problem with a lot of health and well-being initiatives it is really hard to measure. Yes. And I would love to find the goal. If anybody can find it, how we <laughs> um, actually measure it easily, you know, a lot of it's how people are feeling, what the uptake was. Um, the Buddy Boost campaign is a brilliant example. You know, we can see in there that the moods of our partners has, has lifted yep. um, and people are becoming more active so we get out and about, you know, I've been out and about this last week in a few of our shops and that's where we get the feedback. What do our partners want? Yeah. How many partners click through? We do an email on a weekly basis to it reaches about 55,000 of our partners yeah. and we will analyze how many people, you know, click and keep clicking through. 
and we can see what what partners are looking at but yeah it's hard to get really strong um obviously sickness absence we can look at that but let's be honest with turnover and any initiative taking about 18 months to see a you know a sort of result it's quite it's quite difficult yes and I think that obviously also during the you know the the pandemic that obviously there was an increased amount of sickness which you know people were genuinely pretty poorly and and sick so I think that's also a metric which you sort of have to take with a bit of a pinch of salt and maybe you'll have to sort of compare next year to this year to see how that's that's actually panned out but very interesting what you said about the menopause because is it fair to say that um a a, a large percentage of the partner workforce are female. Yeah, absolutely. Over forty, nearly forty-three thousand of our um, partners are women. Yep. And for us, though, yes, that's so important, and probably why we are really strongly focusing. And we've recently got our menopause accreditation that we're super proud of. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we want every single partner to understand the menopause. So yes, there's over nearly 43,000 women, but I actually want every single partner to have um, an understanding. But yeah, they, they are our largest working demographic, yeah, women yeah. of menopausal age. Sure. So yeah, it's super important to us. Because what I was, you know, what I've sort of been, been talking to before, um, and actually, it, you know, the, the fact is that a lot of organisations don't have, for example, uh, an HR policy that, that covers menopause, and therefore they risk losing quite a, you know, a highly experienced and a large percentage of their workforce that actually won't return to work because they're not feeling that they can cope. Yeah. And in the partnership, we don't have a policy. We, we ummed and ah, do we need a policy? We don't. What, what we strongly believe is that our guidance links into five of our policies. So, you know, things like diversity and inclusion, absence, reasonable adjustments. Yeah. Things like that, because actually it's, it does link in and we do want to support women in the partnership and we want to support our people managers Mm -hmm. to understand and just have conversations and honestly it's been incredible if you just open the dialogue and start to talk about it it has this most amazing domino effect and it is really really important for businesses no i think that's absolutely correct and i would i would i would i would you know all the evidence that i've that i've seen actually is it's you're absolutely right it is a very much about opening the dialogue and having the conversation and and breaking down some of those barriers that people perhaps you know in the past were you know found it difficult to talk about these things um and actually having that open conversation really does help i think to sort of eliminate um, issues surrounding you know what is a you know a, a physiological um something that's happened to somebody at a certain age and you know it, it's got to be done properly so i think that's absolutely right and in terms of um the other side of well-being so for example how much autonomy you know somebody has in their day-to-day working or you know how much trust that's been given to them and are their roles clear and do they feel secure and has their manager given them the resources to do the job do you touch upon that at all in in actually looking in job design or anything like that? Absolutely. So in their role profile, it is very, very clear that this is a voluntary role. Mm -hmm. Um, However, when we get any opportunity to meet with our senior leadership team, 
we speak to them about the role. It is voluntary, but the support there, and we need to make sure that this is a top-down, bottom-up approach. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Mm. And we have, we involve a lot of our senior leaders in a lot of what we do. So a campaign we did in January, we just called it Orange January because people relate to January as being there's a blue Monday in there. So we called it Orange January. Um, And we did a lot in there. And we had our chairman, um, Sharon, talking to our partners directly about the importance of intention setting and, and how that can really work. With Buddy Boost, Sharon's been a huge advocate of that. Again, speaking directly to our partners um, and giving them these opportunities. And we can see what's going on in the champions community because they share what they're up to. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes if you're having one of those days, I just click on the champions community and it just lifts me. I can't tell you because <laughs> they are an incredible bunch of people yeah. that are just there and they just do the most amazing job. Um, and we are just so grateful. But okay. yeah, it's it's very much supported by our senior leaders. Well, it, it does sound very much that well-being does have board representation then. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, at the moment, um, you know, we've got a financial um, cost of living situation within our team. We look after financial well-being and that's ramped up over the last sort of few months. Um, Our exec are wanting to know what we're doing, how are we getting the messages out? And we've been really, really creative on that. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. Our, especially as sort of our PLT, so our personnel leadership team, they they're very close to what we're doing. So yeah, very. What what, what sort of initiatives in terms of financial well being then have you looked at, or what are you introducing? Yeah, so so within the partnership, we have our own um, trained financial um, assistance partners. Yeah. Um, so we call them our well being practitioners. Partners can ring them there is a number and when they ring and speak to one of those partners they will direct them to the best person so it might be that they need help with school uniform we're very lucky because we work within retail so they would signpost them off to a particular charity that that can help them with that we also um, have a relationship with something called nudge So that's free to all our partners and that helps them with their financial planning. And as a well-being specialist, if you like, I love the word nudge because it's one (laughs) of our theories of nudging people to make better choices. So I think that's a great name. Um, And yeah, we just want to, you know, I was in a shop yesterday talking about financial constraints and pressures and there were six people all opened up about previous debt issues they've had, problems yep. they've had in the past. So we really try and get that peer-to-peer support as well. Um, so, yeah, we have lots of things available. Um, how can we save our partners money? You know, cycle to work scheme, many businesses offer that. But do we look at it from a different angle that, yeah. you know, you can purchase that? That's good for the environment because we're very, very um, obviously heavily involved in our ethics and sustainability but also, you know, it can save you money, even if you drive so far and then cycle the rest. These park and ride, you know, you can park your car 
cycle in you don't have to pay for car parking in the city center so Mm -hmm. we're often giving them little nuggets like that how can you save a little bit of money Okay. And in terms of things like, um, let's say, leadership modelling behaviour, so actually they're setting an example, do you feel that that senior leadership team, you know, is setting that sort of well-being agenda and, and modelling the behaviour that you would like to see all the partners sort of, you know, witness? Yeah, I mean, that's always an interesting one, isn't it? Because everybody could always do better. Mm. And when you're in a senior leadership role, the chances are you're going to be working over your hours. And obviously we know that we need our rest time and our um, you know time to be able to relax and unwind. But we do definitely see, um, and we've got some brilliant leaders that will you know do the walk and talk meetings yep. and they'll take a picture of them doing it and post it to other partners. We've got areas of the business that cut their meetings down to 50 minutes instead of an hour. So they get some time to go do a stretch or, you know, go for a walk. So, yeah, it, it is seen, um, but it's it's sometimes difficult because everybody's, again, we're such a huge business. Mm. Our leaders are in, in different places. Mm. Um, but if wherever you're running a campaign, like our men's health campaign last November, you know, our senior leaders are falling over themselves to record me a vlog to talk to people about work-life balance and what they do to relax. So I would say they are, um, definitely. But, you know, it's that, are people seeing it all the time? Um, yeah, so. But well-being obviously is, is and an, an, the whole culture and the purpose of the organisation and everything else, you seem to be really knitted into that. And it's obviously an area that you really, really are very passionate about. Is that right? Absolutely. And ultimately, as a partnership, you know, our Speed and Lewis, you know, we had a health service 10 Correct, years before yeah. the NHS. And he was very much, you know, our partnership is an experiment And we're always experimenting and he always believed that our partners should have access to opportunities that maybe they wouldn't be able to afford. So, you know, this is why we have the clubs and societies, you know, people can join them and do all sorts of different activities. You know, we have boats where partners can go and practice sailing. We have our own partnership hotels where partners can go and and get some rest and and relaxation and you you know it's all these different things so yeah it's it very much is the thing I've sort of really championed from 2018 um was the really Mm -hmm. localizing it because one size doesn't fit all and we know with the you know social economic just where people live what works for somebody in our Oxford Street store may not work for somebody in our Edinburgh store, for example, or in our contact centres. So how can we make that more personalised? And that's where our health and wellbeing champions are our key, because they're our eyes and ears on the ground. We call them our hawks, which we love, because that's what they are. (laughs) It's great. Because of the unique structure of the partnership, do you find that other organisations come to you to see what they can learn from the structure that you have? All the time, all the time, because it it is so unusual, you know, what what we can do and how we run our business, if you like, is is very, very unique. And people, 
joke about the fact, you know, there's green blood running through our veins because when you're a partner, you know, you're a co-owner and a lot of what we do is for the good um, of our business. So, yes, people do come to us um, quite a lot to sort of ask for examples and and ideas, but we are very, very unique. So some of the things we do... um, they maybe wouldn't do as well in their own businesses. Can I say that? No. <laughs> okay. Well, and also I think because of the because of the structure of the partnership, and as you say, partners are in fact co-owners of the business. Th- I guess there's also the slightly double-edged sword to that because they they are even more vested in terms of the success of the organisation. So therefore, they're probably their employee voice or their partnership voice is that much stronger as well. Would you say? Absolutely, and you've just used the term partner voice that um, we have partner voice, you know, we have teams in every single one of our locations that have conversations and our chairman is is held account for actions, her behaviours um, on a regular basis by our councillors. So we're very yeah. much a democracy and what our partners feel is is voted on you you know big changes to our business only happen when they get the majority of votes it really is a unique structure sam blevins john lewis partnership thank you very much indeed thank you for listening to that well-being at work show to listen to more episodes and to find out more on how body boost can drive engagement in your well-being programs go to our website or email us on info at bodyboost.co.uk.